0: Run Talk Essay. It's episode number twenty-six. I'm Simon Parkinson, and on the other side's Brad Brown. How's it, Brad?
1: Yeah, very, very good, Parky. Good to be back with you.
0: Absolutely, another week gone, and can you believe we've been doing this every single week for six months? We've talked about running, 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 and even more running, and uh, hey, we started just after the comrades, and <laughs> comrades is now only seven months away. Can you believe that?
1: Yeah, and you know what? I finally succumbed, Parky. I entered yesterday. Good man. Talking about entering, I entered the Discim. And for those of you who are thinking, well, that's
0: only next year and it is after Christmas and I'm only concentrating on my holiday right now, let me tell you that there is only around about 2,000 places left. So if you're planning, if you're coming back to Joburg and planning on starting the year with a run, it's on the 12th of January. And remember, you've got to have a chip. And uh, it is, in actual fact, one of those races where they actually put you in pen. So depending on what time you put in the entry, and please don't put one hour twenty minutes for those of you that want to start at the front if you, you're going to finish in two hours twenty. But yeah, the, uh, the, the, the the entries are filling up very very fast for the disc game.
1: Yeah, it's one of the one of the the cool races on the calendar in Jo'burg. Uh, and yeah, Parky, in this week's show we got a got quite a busy one. Uh, I caught up with uh, one of the guys from New Balance. We chatted about it in the webinar that we were going to talk about a brand new shoe that's actually coming out. It's uh, not out on the market yet. It's only coming out first week of December. It is the New Balance 1080 V4. And I caught up with uh, Ryan Hodio to find out more about it. And it sounds like a really cool piece of equipment.
0: And I caught up with a gentleman by the name of Craig Martin. Now, Craig ran uh, the Cape Winelands run last weekend, um, down in Stellabosch. he got a personal best. He's from Johannesburg, but I caught up with him because of two things. Firstly, because we've never spoken to anyone who's done the Cape Winelands, but secondly, because this is a man who's on the uh, Lindsey Perry training session and training school, and he's going for a Bill Rowan next year. Uh, he's never got one before, and he's following religiously what uh, Lindsey Perry. Uh, talks about on regular occasions with you in the webinars and certainly on Run Talk SA. So I thought it'd be nice to get a perspective from one of the people that's actually following his, uh, his, his trading program, and
1: from what I gather, seeing fairly good results. Yeah, that sounds, sounds awesome, Parky. We're also going to have a little bit of chat. We, we mentioned on last week's show that we're going to look at it this week, but a lot of running clubs uh, towards the end of the year are winding things down. I ran time trials uh, at a running club called Causa out on the West Rand of Krugersdorp last night. They had a bit of a Christmas function, and Santa Claus was out, but uh, it was a very tame affair compared to some of the others. We're going to talk about grog jogs uh, on today's show as well.
0: Absolutely, and then there's the beer bus cruise, but we'll talk about those a little later on. Let's get straight into it. This is Run Talk SA. Run Talk SA, I've got uh, a gentleman by the name of Craig Martin on the line on this week's show, and he ran last weekend in the Cape Winelands Run. Uh, We've not really talked about that run here on Run Talk SA, so I thought I'd get him online and have a quick chat. Uh, The Cape Winelands Run, whereabouts does it start, Craig? So the
2: the Cape Winelands starts in Stellenbosch um, at the... At a, at a primary school there, um, and uh, conditions weren't favourable this time instead Stellenbosch Bush. Uh, there was a, a massive cold front that had come through, so a very wet and overcast day.
0: And is is it quite a hilly course? I mean, I know you did a fabulous time, and we'll we'll come to that in a second. But I mean, you're from Joburg, from the Highveld. You've gone down there, uh, a marathon around the winelands. I would imagine quite hilly.
2: Yeah, the, the the rating on the on the course is a three out of five. So. I was uh, going out there for for quite a good time, and uh, the beginning half up until, I'd say, the 18-kilometer mark um, is is generally flat, if not downhill. Um, But uh, surprisingly, after that, as we we do know the wind, it, it kind of rears its ugly head and turns into a very, very hilly and long run.
0: And, and and the the participants that are there, um, are there a lot of people from around South Africa, or is it mainly Western Cape runners?
2: No, it's generally Western Cape. Um, a lot of Celtic Celtic runners, um, a lot of the the VOP runners. Um, I was the only person from Johannesburg, and uh, I don't think there was any other participant from uh, from any of the uh, other provinces.
0: So, uh, and if you would put an estimate on how many numbers, uh, what sort of uh, size was the race?
2: I'd give it about a uh, 2,000 number rating, and um, obviously conditions weren't favourable, so I, I believe it is quite a popular marathon. Um, but yeah, conditions weren't favourable, I think a lot of people saw the weather,
0: stayed in bed, decided to save it for a, a different sunny day. No, absolutely. Uh, okay, so on, on yeah. the run, out of the uh, out of the blocks quite quickly, I, I presume not too much traffic from a, from a, a race point of view, uh, and, and a good start?
2: Yeah, the... Um, the tip behind it is, um I had a, I had you know, a sort of a 4, 4, a 4.30 uh, kilo- uh, minutes per kilometer. The problem there is that you, you don't have any time to sort of bugger around. You've got to get out the blocks quickly. Um, fortunately I managed to get to the front of the start and uh, the road is pretty wide open. But you do get caught up in this, in this, in this rush of, of mad people who just seem to want to sprint along in every sort of, in any possible way. Uh, Eventually, life catches up to you. Did you realise that you hit put a number and you don't want to be a elite athletes if you are starting from the front?
0: So I know it was a personal best, Craig. So let's uh, let's hear it. What was your time for the marathon? So
2: I managed a, a three-hour, which uh, which is <laughs> um, yeah, yeah.
0: So to achieve a time of three hours nineteen, I mean that's a that's a great achievement. What sort of training do you put into your running? So this
2: year I've decided to to really focus on on some intense training and, and specifically stick to a program. Um, obviously, our 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 friend and uh, and comrades coach Lindy Perry has been very assistful in uh, in giving a, a course to some of the runners to try and achieve a pull round program. But uh, I think the the key behind it has been has been a lot of uh, consistency in terms of your running, a sort of. Uh, one day running pretty uh, pretty far in distances. I mean, you're talking about an hour and a half to two hours uh, per day. A rest, and then the next day you really into a heavy intense workout. Um, some of the key things that have really benefited me has been on the weekend, sort of back to back runs, uh, doing an hour and a half, and then doing another two and a half hour uh, runs on a Saturday and Sunday. Um, another another key factor is being these uh, these hill sessions that he built into to the to the training program. And it's not a, a case of hill sessions where you just go out and do a run and find hills and then beleg at the hills. But uh, it's actually doing, uh, you do ten by two minute hill sessions, so you find a nice long hill and you and you sprint as much as you possibly can, or at least it is sprinting to me. You sprint up the hill for, uh, for 500 meters, ultimately uh, two minutes, and then you come back down again. Um, and, and you do that 10 times, yeah, trust me, after the third time, you really want to get up. But that's been probably the biggest help to me in, uh, in my training career this year, or this side of the year.
0: And uh, uh, so, I mean, from what I'm gathering there, it's quality rather than quantity. And I mean, and I think a lot of comrades runners uh, fall into the trap of trying to do a certain amount of kilometers every week. And you've done two things there which have been interesting. Firstly, you've talked to me about doing hill training and quality. And then you mentioned hours as opposed to kilometers. It's, it's more important to be on the road at your pace for a certain amount of hours, right? As opposed to trying to achieve X amount of kilometers.
2: That's dead right. Um, the, the, the key behind it is not to, is not to stress yourself over, over getting to a certain distance. But the, 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 the ultimate fundamental that comes out of it is that when you start doing uh, kilometers, when you start focusing on mileage, um, you, you actually don't realize the fitness that you gain and how much quicker you start doing it so if you're able to keep your time-wise and you're spending that amount of time on the road, slowly does your kilometres start increasing and, um, and eventually you start knocking out 30-kilometre runs without even sort
0: of blinking at them. And Lindsay Parry gives you each week a different goal that you have to set and, and, and obviously achieve uh, and gives you feedback on that, I presume?
2: Yeah, that's, um, it's, it's more a monthly course where he sends out a programme for the month and um, there's a lot of repeats in it. But uh, we do have a, a WhatsApp chat group between the, the, the Bullroar and Chaps, and um, we, we do check our progress on there, and it's been, it's been pretty interesting to see some of the feedback coming from it, which has been really beneficial of the program.
0: So just as a, as a way of comparison, what was your best before this 3.19? I mean, where were you doing marathons? Take me back a year or two. What sort of would you have been comfortable in, in you know, achieving for a marathon?
2: my first marathon that i ever did was a three hours 42 minutes which was done back in 2007. Um, since then i've had <laughs> marathons ranging from from four hours 10 minutes uh, down to what my previous best was which was a three hours 35 which i've done in um, which i've done for comrades this year the the fundamental is that, ultimately, you're knocking off 15 minutes. And, I mean, you, you go out there and you run for 15 minutes, and you see how far you get, and um, you basically got to try and crunch that time. So it is it's a lot of hard training, and it's a lot of hard work, but ultimately, it's achievable.
0: And I suppose, as, as a final sort of comment on this, it's, it's, it's more about listening to people who know, uh, and obviously listening to your body, but having the professional help of someone like Lindsay Perry really can help even if you're an experienced comrade runner
2: definitely it's, uh, the program has been, has been hugely beneficial um and i think one of the, the key points as well is that you've got to sacrifice a lot of your time um it, it comes down to a, a, a dedication and um, you really got to give up a lot of a lot of things that you would enjoy doing um i know i've had many mornings of blurry eyes um waking up and going to for club runs but. um the, the, the bottom line is uh, you, have a, you have a goal in front and, and uh, you put a program to it and hard work and yeah, the rewards are
0: there. Craig Martin, thanks very much for talking to us about the Cape Winelands, something that we don't hear too much about. And uh, more importantly, good luck for your Bill Roan training over the Christmas period and don't take too much time off. <laughs> Thank
2: you very much, Parky, and uh, good luck to yourself as well.
0: Well, as we approach the end of the year, a lot of people will be slowing down as we've been talking to doing various runs of fun and enjoying the festivities over Christmas. But in a very, very short space of time, the new year comes about and all of a sudden we're back into January and a lot of people start feeling, I've got to do something. This is the year I'm going to start doing something. I'm going to get fit. I'm going to start running. I'm going to do a 21. I'm maybe going to do a 32. And maybe my sights are set even higher and you're sitting there going, I'm going to try and do a marathon or even better. A lot of people are thinking about that. Now, Brad, you did this many years ago. You were overweight. You were not very healthy at the time. And, uh, and, and you went from literally couch potato to comrades runner in a very short space of time. And I know that you are doing a, web, uh, a webinar this week to talk about your journey, which I think is the right time to do it as people go on holiday so they can start thinking about what their New Year's resolution is going to be from a health and fitness point of view. But uh, tell us more about the webinar. It's coming up next week on Tuesday, I believe.
1: Yeah, Parky, that's exactly what my thinking was. Uh, I mean, this time of the year, a lot of people are sort of wrapping up the year, but they they know that the Christmas holidays are coming and they know they want to do something perhaps in the new year. So uh, a lot of people, I get tons of emails, people who have sort of seen the the, the video that's on on YouTube just about my story and that sort of thing. And I get tons of emails from people saying, how did you do it? Like, tell us what you did. And I just thought, you know what? There's obviously a, a group, for people who want to know and, and who are sort of wanting to make changes. So what I'm doing next Tuesday, it's, it's literally, it's going to be a short little thing, 15, 20 minutes. And I'm just going to go into a little bit of, of detail about how I came about sort of making that decision. Because at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. is just making a decision to to doing something. Uh, and I'll go into a bit of the story. It's, it's quite a cool story the way I, I, I sort of got into running Uh, I also reached out and and got some help. I didn't do it on my own. I'll chat a little bit about that too. Uh, And then also, I mean, I started running at 165 kgs, Parky, and and you'll know it. uh, The key to any sort of training program, whether you're running for a 10K or a marathon or comrades, the key to it is consistency. And when you're running at that sort of weight, you've got to be really careful that you don't pick up injuries, and and it's difficult to maintain that consistency. So I'm going to go through uh, a little bit about how I managed that and stayed injury-free and I also am going to talk a little bit about the way I changed my diet because at the end of the day, that, that's probably one of the biggest things that I did change was what I was doing, not necessarily drastic changes, but just how I was eating and when I was eating. And I managed to lose 50Ks. Practically in the first 18 months. So, I'm going to talk through all of that as well. Really excited. The response has been great so far. So, uh, yeah, if people want to register, all they need to do is just get over to runtalksa.co.za. And, uh, yeah, there's a little uh, bar in the sidebar uh, on the right hand side of the website. There's a picture of me and uh, Webinar. If they click on that, they'll be able to register. So, that's for next Tuesday, the 26th at
0: 7 p.m. And I think it's worth noting that you can come back. You can do any diet that you like. And at the end of the day, unless you change your lifestyle and if you start doing some exercise and you have a healthy balance of uh, food intake and, and so on and so forth, you can actually keep the weight off without having to actually starve yourself if you just really start doing a bit of exercise and doing the right things. And asking advice and listening to how other people have done it is probably the best way to uh, inspire yourself.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it, Parky. And, and the interesting thing is I mean, we, we're talking about this on a running podcast so the people who are probably listening to this aren't the ones who want to start running. But I'm sure you're the same. I get tons of people who say, geez, I'd love to start running. I don't know how to go about it. And this is for those people. So if you know someone, if you're listening to this and you know someone who in the past has said to you, hey, I'd love to start running, but I don't know where to start and what to do. This webinar is for them. So I want to try and help people and inspire people on their journey. And that's exactly why I'm doing this webinar. Well, we mentioned on the last uh, Journey to Comrades webinar with New Balance that we'd we'll be chatting about a brand new shoe, a new model that's going to be out on the market very, very shortly. Uh, and it's awesome to welcome on to Run Talk SA this week, uh, Ryan Hodian. Ryan, welcome on to the show. Thanks for chatting to us today. Uh, pretty excited, uh, the new 1080 V4 coming out in just a couple of weeks' time. You guys are, are pretty excited about, it, aren't you? Yes, very much
3: so, Brad. Yeah, no. Thanks for having us on board. It's great to hear you. Yeah.
1: Ryan, tell me a little bit about this shoe. I mean, the, the 1080 is one of your, your sort of flagship models, new version coming out. Uh, it's, I mean, it, it's a great shoe, isn't it?
3: Um, yes, it certainly is. I mean, look, it is our kind of um, top-end, high-mileage neutral shoe. Um, and obviously, in, in the New Balance NDX stable, which is our elite running kind of stable. Um, and something, I mean, you know, the launch of the version 4, you know, the new update is going to be something unbelievable, I think.
1: Talk to me about the version 4. I mean, what? What? I'm always fascinated when, when running shoe companies bring out new versions and, and sort of what changes. And, and obviously, you can't make too many major changes because people get used to sort of running in a particular shoe. So so you're just basically trying to make little tweaks and, and sort of upgrades to make the shoe better than, than the previous version. Am I right in saying that?
3: Yes, very much so. I mean, it is, it is quite difficult for footwear brands to obviously stick to that same trend to, you know, get that consistency of fit and feel in the shoe, especially something, you know, the pedigree of the 1080. You know, a lot of people do just walk into a store, know their size, request the size and the style of shoe, and without even fitting it on, walk out of the store with it. So the whole thing is, you know, it is, it's it's very difficult um, to try and keep that consistency through um, the shoe in just general fit and feel when, you know, technologies are changing um, and improving and shoes are getting lighter and all that type of thing. So that, that really, really is a challenge for you know, footwear manufacturers across the board, I think.
1: Right, let's talk about the, the, the V4. What's, uh, what's really new and, and innovative in, in this version? So, I mean, basically the V4,
3: it, it comes in, um, the men's comes in all the different um, width fittings. So it'll be in a D width, a 2E width, and then obviously the 4E width for the wider um, foot. And the women's will be available in the B and the D fit, which people have come to know in the 1080 always being available in those um, different width fittings. The, the weight of the shoe is, the men's is coming in at 292 grams and the women's in 240 grams, which is, you know, right up there and very competitive within the high mileage, um, neutral footwear range. The heel drop is stuck to 8 millimeters, which is what we're getting the consistency across. Um, footwear at this stage, um, especially in this um, range, you know, that they are sticking around eight millimeter drop heel to four foot. Um, the thing is with the new ten eighty basically if you if if you had to look at it, I mean the design is a lot cleaner, I feel. Um, and it has a revamped um four foot cushioning um, technology that's been brought into. And obviously the new balance refers to that as the N2 birth, which is something really, really exciting for us.
1: Ryan, one, one of the big questions uh, that always gets asked, and it's, it's the girls, I think. Maybe I, I for me, I don't care. Uh, but we, we get asked a lot uh, as far as the girls go. What are the colors these shoes uh, come in?
3: So obviously the men's will be coming in in the cobalt blue. Um, one slightly more conservative cobalt blue with a bit of, bit of white in it. And the other one mostly cobalt blue with um, a bit of lime green in it. Really, really good looking shoe. And then in the ladies is going to be um, the watermelon color. And those two colors, both men and ladies, are New Balance's lead colorways going into 2014. So we're going to have color tie-ups with um, with great apparel from the New
1: Balance range as well. All right, cool. Right, let's talk about the shoe. I mean, r- people are, are quite funny when it comes to running shoes. They tend to find one that they really like and they stick with it for years. Uh, I mean, it's un- unless a, a shoe manufacturer goes and does something uh, really drastic to change, it, people don't tend to change. But there are a lot of people out there who are experimenting, especially this time of the year, if you look ahead to comrades who are... are, are Maybe they're in their first few years of running, and they're still experimenting, and they 're not quite sure what who who is this shoe that the 1080 v4 perfect for
3: um, look, well, the 1080 version four is perfect for your kind of comrades runner, the guy doing slightly higher mileages and stuff, but the shoe is i mean it's, it's got a no so upper um, with a phantom fit um, overlays in the upper as well, which obviously provides that surety and comfort um, in the upper of the shoe. So it also has these um, the dynamic um, stability components within the shoe, within a neutral shoe. And the whole reason for that is if we consider, you know, your runner as they progress from the start of a marathon, you know, towards say the closing stages of a marathon or an ultra marathon for that sake, and you know, it's seriously high mileage that they're doing. And we look at their posture from the start. I mean, everyone's running very open chested, nice and tall, perfect gait. And as they progress through you know m- mid part of the run um towards the closing stages, you know the posture de- tends to change quite drastically, and we less we're less concerned about the way we're putting our foot down we're less concerned about the running posture and to be frank, um you know all you want to do is basically get to the finish line <laughs> so that's that's where these kind of um, dynamic stability components come within the shoe um Something new to the 1080 version 4 is the the asymmetrical heel counter. Now that's something we're seeing um, that's brought across from our award-winning 1260 version 3 that's basically currently available. Um, Now the whole thing, this provides just that stability component within the upper of the shoe. So if you think of something being asymmetrical, and obviously if you had to split it, it's not going to be a mirror image of the one side. So what they've done with asymmetrical heel counter is they've built it up slightly on the medial side and the inside of the shoe and tapered it off to the outside of the shoe, which is providing that stability you know, without the collapse within the upper of the shoe, if that makes sense
1: yeah absolutely so i mean it's uh, if, if you look at it i mean this is obviously a neutral shoe and 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 I mean one of the things with a, a sort of shoe that that helps with with pronating obviously there's a lot more of that support to stop you rolling rolling in essentially and and you're saying this has got a, so, yeah. this this has got a a bit of that stability, but obviously it's still a neutral
3: yes obviously i mean being a high minded shoe you know we are taking taking that into consideration so i mean you know, it certainly comes down to fatigue, so as I say as we fatigue you know body posture changes, foot strike changes, we're less concerned of all that type of thing. So that's where the dynamic kind of stability components within a shoe come in. Um, You'll also see, I mean, most high mileage shoes do have a little, um, strap through the mid part of the shoe in the, in the outer sole. And in the Balance, we have the T-beam, which is basically referred to, I mean, as a torsional beam, really. And it provides that torsional control within the shoe. So if we consider, you know, the high mileage people are running again, um, you know, that monotony of one foot strike in front of the next as we go along, fatigue kicks in. You know, all of a sudden we start rolling in slightly. Um, you know, our foot's slightly more wobbly. Our hips are fatigued. The knees are wobbly. That type of thing. That's happening. That's when these little, um, you know, components of stability within the shoes will play a huge role, I think.
1: All right, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny you say that. I mean, you, you look at the back end, and I think everybody battles with it, but you look at the back end of the field of a race like Comrades, and the yes. way people are are running, you can actually just see it. It's a case of, you know what? I've had enough. I'm just dragging this body of mine to the finish, and and your your exactly. running style just goes totally out the window. So it's it's great to hear that exactly. you guys are doing that as well. Ryan, I can't wait to get into a pair. I'm I'm looking forward to to testing them out and and giving my feedback on those shoes as well. Uh, we mentioned they're going no, to be in, sure. they're in store uh, first week in December. And where can people get get hold of them?
3: Um Yes, so they'll be available first week of December. They'll be able to get them get hold of them at all our top end specialist stores, so the sweatshops, um, runaway sports running in, and obviously they'll be available at Sportsman's Warehouse as well and total sports. so yes, I think you know can't wait for them to get released.
1: pretty much everywhere you would get your running shoes. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Look forward to catching up with again soon and yeah, the the shoe sounds amazing, looking forward to checking it out.
3: No, for sure, and I mean just to sum up, you know, the 1080 version four in four words, um, I would certainly say that it's swift, it's superior, it's luxurious and sophisticated.
1: Well, we're at the back end of November already. It's hard to believe the year is winding down, but uh, running clubs across the country are sort of putting on the year-end functions. I mentioned at the start of the show that I I went and ran causes time trials, uh, which is uh, the Cruisal Pie Old Students Association running club. I ran their time trials last night, and uh, they had a really cool Christmas function. Santa Claus was there, uh, they had ice creams out, and we had a couple of beers, but uh, it was very, very cool, and the vibe was fantastic. But uh, the running club that I run for, Randburg Harriers, has got their grog jog coming up, and Parky, the club that you run for, uh, also has a bit of a, a booze cruise. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: interesting. I'd like to hear from other clubs around the country and see what the, what their clubs do, but I mean, I know that the... The Harriers' uh, Chairman's Jog Grog is on Wednesday, the 4th of December, so that's literally in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, That's five pubs, five drinks, and a T-shirt. And and they don't uh, obviously go for very many personal bests in those particular races. Four-ways roadrunners. We also created one of these type of runs. Now, in actual fact, in its sixth year, it's called the Beer Bus Cruise, and it was kicked off by a bunch of blokes who – used to run at the back. I have to say that I was one of them. But in all of the big races, all the time trials, everything that we did leading up to Comrades, it was six of us that ran together and we were the beer bus crews. And in actual fact, most of the athletes got rather depressed if we ever overtook them in a race because we weren't supposed to be doing anything particularly athletic. Uh, We were just the guys at the back. Anyway, we started this thing and um, it's the same sort of uh, format. It's uh, 8K run um, and there's around about five pubs at you pop into and have various drinks, shooters uh, and and at the end you get back and there 's a big karaoke and 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 sing up and a couple more drinks, and ends up with a generally a, a sort of hangover on a friday morning
1: It, it sounds fun Parky. I, I just th- I, I mean i 've never funnily enough done one of these things uh, this year i 'm going to be doing my first, and i 've always wondered how long does it take you to run five ks and stop for five beers
0: well, you know what it's, it 's one of those things that you don 't have to worry about the actual uh, running. I think it's just a very, (laughs) very gentle run. You do sweat. It is rather warm at this time of year, and if you're going sort of half past five, six o'clock in the evening, which is when most of these runs actually take place, uh, it's pretty humid. Um, So I think it's probably not best for one's body to drink and run. I think most doctors would probably warn against it, but as long as you take it very, very easy and you have a couple of drinks along the way, it's meant to be just a whole bunch of – a whole lot of fun, really.
1: Yeah, I I don't know, Pocky. I've always been a big fan of just sitting and having a few beers. I don't know why you have to run to have beers. Ah, well, that's because we're members of Running Club. Don't
0: ask me. I just follow the crew. (laughs) Uh, But to answer your question, usually about an hour to do the run, maybe a little longer, 8 k's, hour 15, depending on how long you stop at each uh, watering hole to have a drink. And then uh, about three hours at the 19th hole, if you equate it into golf terms. Uh,
1: and, and, and and if you get lost, because by the sounds of it, there's a good, good chance you might get lost. Well, I tell you what, one of the
0: things that uh, we did have in the first couple of years of our four-ways one is there's like a, a final K. And the last kilometer is a run down to uh, a little pub within the four-ways area called La And quite a, th- quite a few of the blokes after popping into four of the uh, the... the, the water stops, if I can call it that, on the jog grog or the beer bus cruise, that last kilometre is done uh, with no clothes on. And uh, we've always tried to encourage the girls to do the, the same thing, but they haven't been as receptive as some of the guys. <laughs> I wonder why.
1: Anyway, we want to know if there are any other running clubs around the country that do a similar sort of thing, not run their last kilometer naked, but have a, a bit of a, a grog jog this time of the year. If you do, let us know. We'd love to, to find out about it. Send us photos as well. We'd love to pop them up on the website uh, and, and sort of share what you guys are doing because uh, yeah, this time of the year, the pressure's off and uh, it sounds like a whole lot of fun. Well, that's it. The sixth month edition of Run Talk SA in the bag, episode 26. Uh, and yeah, a pretty busy show once again this week. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. As always, uh, we love hearing from you. So uh, be in touch, podcast at runtalksa.co.za. You can also tweet us at runtalksa or like us on Facebook and be in touch that way. It is Essay. Uh, on Facebook, just search for us that way and as always I ask every single week if you don't mind, uh, if you're listening to this podcast through the iTunes platform if you would just take a couple of seconds to leave us a star rating and a review what that does is it just helps other people uh, find these podcasts and it helps us grow the audience interestingly enough Parky, I host five of these things a week, there's one for road running, one for trail running, uh, one for mountain biking, one for road cycling and one for triathlon and I was actually checking in the iTunes store the South african itunes store this morning and out of uh, the top eight sporting podcasts in south africa right now we have five
0: so that's fantastic so thanks very much to you guys who listen who contribute and who of course uh, give us feedback every single week for run talk essay and the other run podcast which brad, uh, sorry the other talk podcast that brad puts together from me simon parkinson have a fantastic week hope you enjoy your running and uh, we'll see you in uh, the last week of November,
1: next week. Absolutely. And for myself, Brad Brown, until then, cheers.